0: Alright guys, here we go. Nordy's Podcast. Big time episode. The Timberwolves are officially being sold to A-Rod. How do you feel about it? Find out how we do on this episode. Here we go. Nordy's Podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing?
1: Feeling good, man. I'm doing excellent, man. And I'm just happy to be here with you guys.
0: Yeah, I'm happy because our first podcast this week was awesome. And I uh, can't wait for another great one here. So go back, check out our first podcast from the week. And then, uh, as always, get out on your phone, get out your social media, and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, at Nordy's podcast. And also subscribe anywhere that you get podcasts from and get the Nordy's podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free.
2: Here's the question. How much do you love dope memes? If the answer to that is either I like them, I love them, I live for them, Mm. my whole existence revolves around them, or I'm lukewarm on them, then you need to follow our Instagram account. Because Jimbo, Jimmy Channels, comes out with fire memes 8 to 15 times a day. (laughs)
1: follow the story that's where the action is boys the instagram story's got all the yucks all
0: right guys we are drinking some beers what are we having right now guys
1: i am
2: at my favorite sleeper brewery of the year i wish we could give it like a rookie of the year or something to that matter i'm at my good friends who i don't know but i wish i did portage this is a simply cryo it's a session ipa with lots of hops in it, packed with flavor, low on ABV, it's perfect. I love this beer. Fantastic! Can I touch love on orange.
1: Portage for one second? So I'm—I I went there once. It's up at a friend's cabin. Um, we were there over Halloween, and I'm going in two weeks. Two weeks, I'm going to go oh, up there yeah. again, and they're hell doing yeah. like um a big party there for like an anniversary, and they're having like a ton of new exciting beers, oh. and I'm going to participate. So Portage, thanks, thanks I'm for the for y'all. Yeah, well, you know, these are cool people, and it just wouldn't work out. So, oh
2: yeah, it's just hey, you're not part of that crowd, no. And uh, but if you talk to any of the brewers, or be like, hey, this is weird, but I have a friend who's like kind of secretly in love with y'all. Just wanted to let you know,
1: Eric uh, Ryan. I think I will buy you some type of hat or shirt. Okay, you need an Eric. Fuck off. You're not getting anything.
0: That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I am drinking. What Ryan was drinking from the first episode uh, this this week, that's Through the Wire, the India Pale Ale from Blackstack and Randy's... Randy? Randy's Alt-Culture Pioneers. It's really, really small font. Yes, uh, it what, is. What you're supposed to do with this beer is uh, roll it, pass it, and enjoy it. Uh, so that's what we're going to do here. Uh, it's a delicious India Pale Ale, really cool cans, and uh, Blackstack is just... what. My, my only issue with Blackstack is like, um, not enough beers um in different price ranges, right? Like they're just constantly throwing out fireballs that are like twenty one dollars a four pack, which is fine. Okay. But like give me a couple twelve dollar four packs too in there. That's my only complaint with them. Okay. Um, that's fair. But I do think Black Stack is one of the best in the business and I thoroughly enjoy uh, pretty much everything I try from them. So another good one.
1: That's, that's what I'm having. Eric, thank you for the can. Um it is delicious. They know how to make this fucking
0: beer, don't they? They really do.
1: Like right between
2: that seven to seven and a half percent IPA, that's a that's a home run for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. every day, every time.
0: All right, guys, it's time to move into some sports talk, and that is uh, the state of hockey fumbles is going to be where we're going to start today. Um, the state of hockey had six of the sixteen teams in the NCAA hockey tournament. They had five of eight make it to the final eight. Okay, they had. Three of four, not including the Gophers, who couldn't even make it to the Final Four. I'm sorry, the Frozen Four. Um, But three of four, St. Cloud State, Minnesota State, Mankato, and uh, Minnesota State, Duluth, all made it. Duluth was the two-time defending champions. And uh, all three teams proceeded to piss it away, and UMass won it.
1: That's Gross.
0: so disappointing. That's the most Minnesota thing I've ever heard in my life. Actually sure. it is. If someone yeah. was like sure. try Minnesota Sports, that's I'd say, All right, the team that everyone loves lost to all the teams that everyone likes, uh, and then all the teams everyone likes had a 75% chance of winning the whole thing, and <laughs> then uh, blew it to a team from the East. Well, East. Yeah, and you wouldn't so. even have to you wouldn't even have to
2: like use any sort of like verbal confirmation of this. You'd just hand them a piece of paper with the bracket filled out. Mm-hmm of the frozen or the you know whatever the the NCAA hockey tournament just hand them that it's it's almost like your business card like nope this is Minnesota sports just you you just peruse this and then you tell me okay.
1: what you think I'm trying to tell you. Always the bridesmaid never the bride and we get just like in baseball just like the twins we get beat up by some fucking douchey East Coast Yankees kicking us out of the playoffs again. You know it's the same Ugh. story. We've heard it.
0: Ugh. Absolutely. All right uh the Lynx has some new jerseys come out, and they're like First Ave-themed jerseys. And I really wish that both the Lynx and the Wolves were both using these because um, I think they're really cool.
1: Did you know that you can buy a Lynx jersey and wear it, Eric?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, I don't even know anyone who plays on the Lynx. Okay. Um, It probably has to do with the fact that um, they don't promote the WNBA, really. And I don't know. I guess I just would I'm not sure if I'm – a level of fan to buy a jersey at this point but if, this one, if i were to buy one it would be this one
1: yeah well they you know they got three new jerseys and the other two are similar to the wolves style like it's not it kind of uses the same font which is a good font like everybody likes it i think um so they got three new jerseys but the one that's everybody's talking about is this first half one which you know it's got that music bar that says uh you know links on it and then it's got like it's black with silver stars you know like the outside of the building and it makes sense they play kitty corner from first half, so Uh, super duper awesome collaboration. Um, you love to see it. And I think I will support the team and I think I'm going to buy one of those. So
0: so I can never uh, wear it
1: because I don't know how to wear basketball jerseys, but I'll still. One of
2: the cool, one of the cool things I think about first Ave is that yes, it's very well known here in, you know, Minnesota, but I think there's a lot of people that are familiar with like big artists that have played there. And so I think first Avenue plays pun intended beyond just the borders of Minnesota too. So I think um it was just a very smart collaboration between Mm -hmm. the the team and the and the venue
1: it's definitely one of the coolest things minneapolis has and has ever had you know with purple rain and and prince's connection and all the amazing artists that have come through and yeah it's it's a it's a great spot i've been there many times and i can't wait to go back although now i'm not in, in like in touch with new music like i used to be and so i like look at the six months of concerts i'm like i don't know any of these people but it's still a great place to see a show
0: um so one thing i would say is um i think that the nba should do it like the premier league does where um their men's i guess all european teams pretty much in in soccer their men's and their women's team are the same name and they wear the same jerseys and they're part yeah. of the same organization and so i like arsenal arsenal women are called arsenal like, they really? wear the same jerseys. They have the same alternate jerseys. They're just the same team. They get to play at the same place. You know, they get to train at the same place. And I think that even though they're obviously not equal and they're obviously not paid the same, um, they at least do a, a good job of treating the athletes the same in the way that they, you know, the uniforms they wear, the training they get, the places that they train. Yeah. Um, I would rather that the Lynx were just the timberwolf.
1: Well, but I mean, I think that we're doing that way closer than any other markets. I mean, we have the same colors, the same fonts. One is a Timberwolf. The other is a Lynx. I think they're, you know, related forest predators. I don't know. Like, I I think they kind of are. They're using the same facilities. They they play at the same place. And And then they have that awesome, like, training facility across the street that they both share, I believe.
0: And they're both very similar to, they're both part of the wild.
1: Okay, I Definitely see what you're doing wild.
0: here. Wild, um, they might even be the mysterious animal that's on the front of the wild's jersey.
1: It could be the link, it could be the man, bear, pig.
0: Uh, it's just terrible. All right, uh, next up, Paul Pierce fired from ESPN. What do we know about this story?
1: That's bullshit, man. Did you watch? Okay, so it wasn't a good look for Paul Pierce who was wasted and he was do he he went on to like do a Facebook or IG live. Okay, yeah um and like every time somebody does an IG live it's just something bad could happen you know and he was he was at like i think at his house or something or at a house and there were strippers everywhere and he was drinking and he was it wasn't a good look but like nothing that he did was illegal nothing you know and he doesn't not everybody on television has to have the same reputation you know i get it ESPN is owned by owned by Disney so maybe that's that's part of it but i don't think he deserved to be fired for this
0: I didn't understand Rachel Nichols. What did she say? Nothing. She they she was mentioned in a comment in the the live, when she was like the number one trend on Twitter, and then like I don't know. There was so, all the drama and I just didn't. Understand. I mean, I
1: guess before I defend him super hard, I I'd probably want to see a transcript of what he actually said. Maybe he said a lot of like really horrible things, which I didn't. None of that bubbled up to the top of my news feed. It was just like images of him, you know, looking pretty drunk with like booty shaking chicks behind him. Maybe Nothing. He, Nothing illegal. That's his lifestyle choice. Like I, I don't see why he needs to be fired for this. I,
0: he the rumor is that he, he um, was intentionally getting fired.
1: You think that's what he was? He did that so that he could, yeah. He did say like "fuck ESPN," I don't give a shit or something like that in it. So he
0: was. He was no, he didn't. He didn't say anything. But the the rumor is that he has something else planned that he wants to do, and that he needed okay. to get out of his contract, and so. Yeah. He
2: Eric, right. been, Eric, Eric, you've been watching a little too much Into the Storm, I think. Um, <laughs> Ian on too, his back. <laughs> you know, um, um, I think. I think the only. I, I think the biggest problem is is I don't think Paul Pierce isn't allowed to do this. I don't think anybody at ESPN or Disney was like, "We got to clamp down on Paul Pierce. It's going to ruin our image." I don't think that's what anybody's. But I'm guessing that there is some sort of contractual language. In his deal that says, if you do anything beyond the pale that is not in accordance with, you know, uh, becoming an, you know, an ESPN employee um, that yeah. might tarnish our brand, we have the right to fire you at any point in time. And so I- I'm guessing it was just, like you said, even because it's a bad look, ESPN probably was like, it- it's just not worth it to try and defend this. And we're just going to cut ties with it and move on. Okay there's there's a million other ex basketball players we can hire to be uh you know correspondents or or color people or whatever whatever um on our uh broadcast uh, what do you, what do you call them like not not columnists but um
1: color commentators or pundits, uh, like, pundits that. Are like more political. yeah i don't know
2: yeah we, we you know yeah. what we're what, whatever about. that is Talk show hosts like, yeah talking heads there, there's a thousand other people that they could probably find um of
1: paul pierce's ilk that yeah. they're not too worried about it that's true all right, guys. He wasn't great. He wasn't my favorite dude anyways. I mean, no. yay. If Shaq or Charles Barkley gets fired from TNT, I'm gonna go protest. They're my favorite.
0: Alright, uh, next up, the Masters was won by Hideki Matsuyama. Um, I believe he's the first cool. Japanese man to win the Masters and maybe even a major. I'm not sure about that second one, but I know for sure the Masters. And you know what? I thought I thought um, this was great because it's been a, a difficult uh, and unfair year uh, to uh, Asian Americans and people of Asian descent all around the world, um, with lots of incidents oh. that have happened, lots of racism that's happened, lots of cruel talk from politicians and um, you know just common people. So I thought it was a great story um, in a difficult year uh, for someone like Matsuyama to win the Masters. Um, I don't have much else to say about the Masters because golf is pretty boring.
2: Fair. And you don't care. that's fair enough. Um... Ryan, I agree. you, you are down with this, don't you? Did you watch this? Oh, yeah. And I think okay. it was really heartwarming. You know, the crowds were limited. But when he was walking up to the 18th green, all, right. all the white people from Georgia and all over the country were giving him a standing ovation. And they kept clapping and kept clapping and kept clapping to the point where, like, people had to, like, like the, the stewards had to, like, put their hands up of, like, okay, we got to let him finish this putt here. You know, we got to let him see this thing through. Mm-hmm. But it was a really... I thought it was a really cool reception from like a a a place that has been um, you know with all the voter suppression in Georgia and known as like a if you want to call it a racist state or heavily racist or portrayed as heavily racist what
0: have you racist or even heavily uh,
2: racist racist politicians I'm not going to group all of the people in in Georgia into that category Um, but I will say that I, I thought I found it very heartwarming that none of that seemed to be on display at all. And everyone was just in admiration for someone who was doing something that's extremely difficult uh, from Japanese descent. And I thought it was,
1: it was a really cool moment for him. Cool. Well, that's a great story. I didn't even know that. And I, that's why I listened to this podcast live with you guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, guys. So we have some other major news that we're going to move into here. As we found out that Glenn Taylor The owner of the Timberwolves uh, is officially going to be selling the team. I guess official isn't really the right term. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, and billionaire Mark Lohr are finalizing a deal now to purchase the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Link. Uh, This is according to Woj, which has now been reported on by pretty much everybody. And Mm -hmm. I do think that this is um, exciting, honestly.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: I know that Minnesotans are feeling really negative about this. And they're saying, we hate A-Rod. We hate A-Rod. But I just think that everyone needs to know that when your team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, are officially the worst team in the history of the four major sports in the United States, the worst ever, that it can't get worse, okay? If yeah. A-Rod is a shitty owner, do you know what he'll be? Glenn a better
1: Taylor. owner than Glenn Taylor.
0: Well, uh, at least be Glenn Taylor. Yeah. It, can't be <laughs> it can't be worse. They literally cannot do a worse job. Glenn Taylor has done the worst possible job. They're the worst team in the history of... Of American pro sports, and that means that A Rod is playing with house money.
2: And and Eric, yeah. your Eric is not being Eric is known for hyperbole, right? He's not being hyperbolic when he <laughs> says the worst team in the history of American sports. That is a literal fact of how bad the Timberwolves have been since, what was it, like 94? Since uh, 1989. Oh, 89. Okay, yeah, he bought the team in 94. That's what it was.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, there's data to back it up. It's absolutely a joke. This is a great purchase. I would imagine that a lot of people were lining up. Um, And it doesn't seem like it, right? It's like, why would you want a team that sucks? Well, here's the thing. You get them at a bottom basement price because they're horrible in a mid-market, you know, middle-sized market. And if you are better than the worst team ever, you're a successful owner. So, and all they have to do is improve a little bit and they will make money in this town. This is a fantastic sports town. All our teams are, are, you know, financially successful here. They just need a little boost. And if they can become relevant, a rod is going to make some good money on this deal, and he's he's only going to be like a minority owner. Right? Yeah, the reason I mean, the billion the billionaire guy is 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 the one that's going to be. Of, I mean, A Rod's yeah, rich. He's, he's on the band. billionaire rich. Yeah,
2: yeah, that guy writes A Rod's checks. Yeah, essentially. I mean, that's that's the difference. It's like right? when
1: people kept saying like Kevin Garnett's going to buy the team. Kevin Garnett's going to buy. It. No, he wasn't. He was just the famous dude in a group of really, really rich people. Like he was going to own five percent of the team.
2: Yeah, exactly. That and A Rod, I would imagine
1: fifteen percent of it, or whatever it's going to be. So let's talk about this a little bit. So okay.
2: while while positive and we've been clamoring for this since the second day we were started recording this podcast that glenn taylor needs to go and i'm sure there's people that have been clamoring for it for 10 plus years now that it's happening and uh, allegedly part of the deal is glenn taylor is going to retain um managing control over the team for two years until 2023 why uh yeah, I don't know. Um, some sort of a transition. Maybe these things just, you know, financially it was the only way they could get it done. And Glenn Taylor is obviously like some sort of a control freak, and and whatever. So fine, we got to bite our time for a couple of years. Um, what do you guys think is the future of the Timberwolves? And that could include a move to a different city. What do you what do you think the odds of let's say? 5 years after uh Lori and um Arod take control of the team mm-hmm. if you had to bet your house
1: on the T-Wolves leaving or staying where which way would you lean i think that they will stay i think they'll stay i think they'll stay man um they could go seattle needs a team so it's possible like that would be a place there's there's other other cities that could that could support an nba team and desperately want nba teams so I, it could happen. Um, there's a few reasons to think it won't. They have, it's $50 million to get out of the contract at the Target Center. That's a lot. You know, I, when you're spending maybe a billion dollars, I guess I don't know what the team is worth. I think it was, it's definitely on the lower end of what an NBA team is worth. Maybe 50 million isn't a big deal. You know, you're going to go build a billion dollar stadium in a new city anyways. Maybe it's not a big deal and, and that, but I feel like that's a, a deterrent. And also, this is a sports town, like I said, and it's actually a, a, a basketball town, too. So, um, you know, not a, they're not going to do as well as the Vikings, but they can make a lot of money here. I, I think that they're going to stay. Um, and one thing I want to say about Glenn Taylor, as he hands over the reins, he was the worst owner of all time. But he kept the team here. Um, he was adamant about that. He had offers to move it. He could have moved it many times. He never did. So I want to at least give him props that we still have an NBA team to sell that's in Minneapolis. Uh, one of my favorite teams of all time. And I'm, I'm incredibly excited that this is happening. The letter of intent is signed. The LOI is is ready to go. So the contract will be next. So, so
2: oh,
0: I'm sorry. Can you can don't I... think
2: that, you don't think the Las Vegas Wolves is a possibility?
0: Okay, that's where exactly sure. where I was going. You read my mind. So let me. Oh, we... sorry. When we go through market size, the 39th biggest market in the country is Las Vegas, okay? 766,000 people live in Las Vegas. It is 0.69, so about 0.7% of the United States' population, okay? okay. Uh, we go all the way up to six fifteenth is Minneapolis-St. Paul at $1. 1,713,000, so almost a million more people. And it is 1.55% of the US's population lives in the twin city. Okay. And then Seattle is about a million, one point, uh, about 140,000 more people live in Seattle. And so not that much more. So Seattle is 13 and Minneapolis is 15. And I just don't really think that Seattle is a big enough market to move to. And I mm-hmm. think Las Vegas is actually a, a pretty small market. Um, I really don't think that they're going to move this team. Yeah, Uh, I I just don't. I think moving, you have to pay a big fee to even move a team, which I think is going to be a deterrent beyond just getting out of that. And I think that the NBA um, would make it difficult to move the team at this point. Why would you move a team from a top 15 market? Uh, The 15th biggest market in the NBA, um, not just in the United States, but actually when it comes to NBA teams, it is also the 15th biggest market. So I don't think it makes any sense to move them. Uh, At all, and I think that they will be here, and I am excited about this. Um, But I will tell you, if the Wolves were to move, they would instantly become my least favorite team in the NBA.
1: Oh, against them forever!
0: I would just absolutely cheer against them at all times, and I would become the biggest Jennifer Lopez fan too, just to really hate on a Rod. (laughs) Um, Um, They're not going anywhere. No, they're not going anywhere um i do think it's going to be interesting as to how this affects player moves um so i do think if you have been bad for so long um you're going to get some stars i would guess those stars are um carl anthony towns and d'angelo russell at some point they're going to start making some noise and the noise will get pretty loud now Will the Wolves be able to move on from players like that while this whole thing is in transition? Um, what kind of control will like Rosas have when it comes to making franchise-altering moves? Um, he's got to do his job. Um, he's hired to do a job, and I don't think um, for most moves he has to go and talk to the owner to make it, but I think that's the kind of move he would. And so I'm just curious as if this means that Towns is not going anywhere, um, because it would seem very logical That towns of the dominoes moving this summer if it wasn't for this deal. Like, doesn't Towns just kind of feel like the next superstar on a shitty team who is going to move to a big contender? Yes. Like, if you weren't a Wolves fan, if you were outside looking in, if Carl, if we, if the Wolves were actually the Chicago Bulls, wouldn't you kind of be like, "Yeah, Towns is probably gone in the summer." <laughs> you would I mean? You yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. He's like Bradley Beal. Like, they're like the two pieces where you're kind of like, "Yeah, that's probably the next guy." So, um, I'm just curious as to what it does to that. But at least there's some pieces in place. Um, you have Towns and you have uh, Russell are both nice players towns is definitely a really good player um he's been
1: amazing lately too
0: they could fetch some really good stuff uh And then beyond that, you have uh, Beasley, who's a nice role player, and you have Edwards and McDaniel's two really, really nice rookie pieces as well. So um, I do think it's a good time to buy the Wolves, especially if they end up with the top three pick in the draft. All right, we'll move on from the Wolves. We've talked about them quite a bit. We're going to move on to the Minnesota Twins, who have been frustratingly entertaining as through the first couple uh, games of the season here. You have had uh, Byron Buxton uh absolutely nba jam on fire mode bat is on fire he is probably the al mvp through this point of the season which means absolutely nothing and it's just something you would get an espn article about um but he would be that guy as i believe he has five home runs and he is just completely mashing the ball i think he's hitting 500 for the season uh it's great to see this is the bucks and we've been waiting for for years
2: yeah and he has despite having uh what did he hurt his tooth eating a steak or something uh, after preseason? Which uh, w- w- how is he cooking a steak that he would hurt his tooth? But um, outside of that, um, even just his interviews and listening to him talk about, I'm not pressing, I'm just relaxed. The game, I'm letting the game come to me. You know, like a lot of the things that you want to hear, like uh, like something that like Mike Trout would say. Um, you know, something that a top outfielder would say of just like, you know what, I'm just letting my skills speak for themselves. I'm not pressing. I'm, I love playing baseball. I'm happy to be here as opposed to like Byron Buxton of like, Oh man, I, you know, I finally feel healthy. Um, I'm ready to get back out there and prove myself. He he doesn't have to do that. Like just play baseball, man. Don't crash into the center field wall. (laughs) Don't crash into your right fielder. You know what I mean? Like just just hit the ball, just relax. I mean, he's batting cleanup for Christ's sakes. Like, Byron Buxton is our. We have Nelson Cruz, and Byron Buxton is batting in the four hole, and he's mashing, absolutely mashing, which is also helping Nelson Cruz because now they can't piddle around with Nelson Cruz and they got to throw him strikes because they don't want to put him on base when Buxton comes up. There you go. And it's scary to see what his talent level is, knowing what we've missed out on. And I'm just. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the organization. I hope this continues. I hope he just stays healthy. He doesn't have a Josh Donaldson moment where he rips a double and, and tweaks his hammy and he's out for three weeks yeah. or whatever. Just, man, just just stay, stay on the field and you will do magical things. And we're seeing that now, finally, after 15 years of him coming up through the minors.
0: So, Buxton's been incredible. Uh, Nelson Cruz is also absolutely ageless and has been completely mashing the ball as well. Both of them hitting well over 400 with a ton of home runs. They're leading a high-powered Twins offense. Um, I did see an article with people guessing, making predictions for the Major League Baseball season. And one person wrote, Buxton's going to win the AL MVP. And then they said, if Buxton doesn't win the AL MVP, Cruz is going to win the AL MVP. <laughs> and they said also... Um, Brios is going to win the Cy Young. I mean, they were kind of joking and stuff, but they were kind of saying there's some guys on this Twins team that could really blow up. And there has been some great stuff. The starting pitching has been pretty solid so far from uh, even Shoemaker. Was it Shoemaker? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, he's been really good so far. Um, but the bullpen is a complete and total mess.
2: It's a, It's a disaster, and it's a huge problem. And it was the thing that I said leading into the season that they didn't upgrade it and they're rolling it back with some of the same guys who struggled and other guys that are a year older and don't really have it anymore. And I we brought in Colome from the White Sox who had a significant amount of saves last year and he sucks. He stinks. It's not like, he, and he didn't go from like the NL to the AL. He went from the same division yeah. to another team in the division. So... Um, no excuses. I mean, he blew the game today. Uh, you know, we had a chance to, to lock down an, another series against the Mariners and we blew that. Um, oh, I think the bulls, nothing late. to be fair. We didn't have a hit since like the third inning or whatever, but um, still yeah. should have been a little bit closer than that. And um, to give up a three run dong in the top of the ninth is just heartbreaking. Um, I know it's early, but there is only so many times where you can say, ah, it's still early. You know, um yeah. we're we're getting to like mid April and the bullpen is, is a big problem. So I'm I mean, as you I,
1: predicted, Ryan.
2: And unless they bring up some, you know, uh magical player from double A AA or triple A or you know, trade for somebody, I think this is gonna be an ongoing issue for the twins.
1: Well that's that's too bad to hear. Because we well, all want to see the potential. We want to see the sunny side of things. But you're right. I mean, um, their record isn't special right now. So we'll see what happens.
2: While we're all being distracted by the success of Byron Buxton, mm-hmm. which is what all the articles are going to talk about, it will completely ignore how dismal the Twins bullpen has been, mm-hmm. especially in close games. And I think we, I don't think we've won an extra inning game yet. And I think the rule with this runner on second is just preposterously stupid. You I do. hate it.
1: You just want it to be regular, just keep going or what?
2: I understand what they're trying to do. I get the spirit of the new rule, which is to kind of speed things along,
1: like three-on-three hockey, Mm -hmm. but it's just stupid. Well, I think it's good. I I, I get why you don't like it because you are a traditional baseball guy. I like it because the games that have gone into over-innings or extra innings have ended in the 10th. Like, thank you. Like, let's not have it go to – dude, these games that go to the 14 innings and stuff is just out of control nobody wants to see them. that
2: and that's fair i think the rule to that that a relief pitcher has to pitch to at least three batters suffices to help speed things up in that regard so if he comes yeah. in in the 10th and stinks he's gonna walk a guy he's gonna give up a hit and then you have first and third and he's got to face another another batter before he can even be pulled so i don't think you need to add the additional wrinkle of, a, of another runner on second just my opinion um and it uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that the Twins have lost all of the extra inning games. I think it's just kind of silly. I think it's overkill. Well, mm-hmm. let's yeah. move on. That's a that's a stupidly boring topic because baseball is already boring. And now <laughs> I'm talking about like the pedantic rules of baseball. Move on. Yeah, that's good.
0: All right. Uh, next up, the Minnesota Wild have had kind of a rough go at it the last couple games. Um, they have only won five of their last ten. They've lost two in a row. One of those was a nine nothing or nine to one defeat, and the other was one where they gave up a goal in the final minute, got sent to overtime, and they lost with two seconds to go in overtime. They are now um, seven points ahead of the fourth-place Blues and eight points ahead of the fifth-place Coyotes, more importantly. Uh, the top four make the playoffs. They've now fallen five behind the second-place Golden Knights and nine behind the first-place Avalanche. All signs are pointing to Wild at Golden Knights to start the playoffs is this just wild uh, get off to a good start and end week or uh, am I overreacting
1: mm, I, I don't know I, the way they've lost some of these has been alarming
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I mean a loss is a loss and it counts the same but dude they're like getting blown out of some of these games it's crazy I
2: mean yeah like the what was the co- a couple of the Colorado games were like six nothing. Yeah, and then nine to one against the Blues, who are like they looked significantly better than the Wild. We had a couple guys out with some with some injuries, but man, alive! Like when we win, we look fantastic, and when we lose, we look like a JV hockey team. I, <laughs> I it, it's at least recently. Like I I don't know how else to describe it. Like how do you lose nine to one? Mm-hmm. So at this point, it doesn't make the, any sense.
0: The Wild um, have still a pretty decent farm system, but they um, obviously moved in Kaprizov, who is their top prospect. Um, they recently signed Matt Boldy, who scored now two goals and has a few assists in his first two games in Iowa, which is good. It means he'll probably come up and hopefully be a nice power forward addition in the playoffs because hockey is weird.
1: Oh, you think they might he, they might bring him up this year?
0: Oh, he'll come up. Oh, in the he's coming gonna- up.
1: Oh, wow. Cool.
0: They'd already have him up, I think, now if they could afford it, but they're so tight to the cap that they can't. Um, But you can make those moves um, when the playoffs come around. And so – um, you don't have to like risk sen- losing guys or ending up giving them too many options or whatever it is. Well, and, okay. You get like a,
2: you get and you get like a couple extra roster spots. Yeah, too, so like you get financial compensation for that as well.
0: So Boldy will come in during the playoffs. He's looked good so far, and then Marco Rossi was their first round pick this year, who is supposed to be an absolute phenom. And they actually thought that there was a chance he was going to um, be the be on the roster already this season, uh, but then he got COVID. And shortly after getting COVID, they announced that he was out for the year with, like, complications of COVID, which really scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very scary. It sounds really spooky when a team is just like, yeah. Imagine,
2: Eric, imagine if you were him, how scared you might oh, be.
0: I know. It's got to be terrible. So, um obviously, he's having having some trouble with um COVID and some of the things that happened because of having it. Hopefully, he makes a full recovery. I think what you're seeing here is the Wild know that they're – good enough to go into the playoffs with a punching chance of, of going deep. And they also know that their best years um, should be ahead of them with that young crew of Ek, and uh, Kaprizov and uh, Fiala and Greenway and then Rossi and Boldy. You know, I think they, they think to themselves, like, we've got some really nice pieces coming in at forward here. Um, as soon as we can get Parisi and Suter off the books, we can go out and get that top line center and we can – you know, build to have a contender then. So, you know, as much as it's fun to think about it and be like, oh boy, they should just trade one of their prospects and go get a big center. I think that they're trying to play the long game and Mm -hmm. out of cap hell instead of stay in it. And so I think it might not always be fun to be responsible, but I think that the wild will be responsible here at the deadline and it will actually be the right move.
2: Well, especially when they've got a pretty decent mix of young players and veterans right now. Yeah. And it's working pretty well. And I don't think Cam Talbot is the answer at goaltender, but I think Kakanen is. Um, and so he just needs more experience. Um, I don't think, you know, like you, like Greenway is the answer right now, or Eriksen Ek is the answer right now, but will be, right? With Kaprizov, with some of the other young guys. And, and then you mix in a decent veteran crew, and I think Bill Guerin's got a pretty solid roster on his hands. And it's, it's kind of exciting to see the, like, basically the antithesis to um, Chuck Fletcher, which was trade all the young players, get them, get them all out of here, and then Fenton kind of turned that on its head and traded all of our veterans, Um, even the ones that were beloved by Minnesota sports fans. But I think they've all been forgotten, and I think that's a really good, <laughs> I, honestly. Like, no, you're right. Like, you're
1: right. like, like where's where's Nino Niederreiter? Like that guy sucks. Like oh, he, we're missing. Boy, no, we're missing him. Said no, no one ever. He's being. Yeah, exactly. I don't
0: think we're fine.
1: Um I have a quick question before we move on from the Wild. Yeah. Is this a bonus season anyways? Like, I don't really remember going back. Did people expect a lot from the team this year? No. No, right? I think this is all bonus Not hockey. At like, at
2: all.
0: Yeah. Um, I saw ESPN at the beginning of the season had them as, like, their 24th best team.
1: Right. And they're more like the 10th. Yes. Or yes. 8th. I said, so I cool. said
0: like 10th They're probably about the 10th best team. I think they're ahead of schedule. And I think that um, Garen is looking at this and just saying – we're not even there yet. Like we have some really nice pieces. I'm not going to sell guys mm-hmm. here to try to win now when this is not our team. And he knows that. And I think he believes in the coach and he believes in some of these young guys. And if you look at the points um, for the Wild per game, you know, it's a lot of young guys, especially Kaprizov, that's, you know, leading the charge for the team. And I think that's really exciting. So that's I- the best part. I like going for it in sports, and like having the Vikings as your team and having them always go for it is a lot of fun. Um, but when you think about it, um, here's here's your your top scorers on the team. Okay. So your top six guys. Ryan Hartman is your sixth leading scorer. Ryan Hartman is 26 years old. Okay, so he should be heading into the prime of his career at this point, which is nice. Uh, then you have uh, Joel Eriksson eck who is 24 years old, is your fifth leading scorer. Matt Zuccarello is the only guy in his 30s. I think he's 32. He's your fourth leading scorer. Jordan Greenway is your third leading scorer. He's 24. Kevin Fiala is 24. He's your second leading scorer. Kirill Kaprizov is your top scorer, and he's 23 years old. So And he looks 17. F- five of six are under 25. Or I'm sorry, 26 are younger, and and four of them are under 25. That's um, a beautiful well, and, thing. And That's then, so exciting. And then
1: to,
2: to add to that, just a little bit is hockey is different than like basketball um, in that a lot of these guys don't come into the league until they're 21, 22, just because they go to college and then they'll come out after their junior year and then maybe play an AHL season and then they're in the league 22, 23. Um, with the exception of some phenoms. So to, to say that we have guys that are like 24, 25, I know in like NBA years, you're like, well, that guy's got seven years. He's a veteran at that point. Like hockey's right. a little bit different. So we really have like a young core of players.
0: Yes. So that feels good. Um, I'm going to try to be patient with the Wild and not get too angry if they're not quite up to competing for the Stanley Cup this year. Because I think like Jim said, they're on some free hockey here. They're They're ahead of schedule. And that's a good place to be.
2: I would say that this team, though, of wild teams, let's just pick, like, since Parisi signed, with the exception of maybe, like, one year, this Mm -hmm. team is one where you could say, like, they might be able to make a decent run at the Cup because they've got a pretty solid blend of young talent. Like, Kaprizov could easily win... A playoff series by himself, yeah. Of of just just tearing it up, and if we get some decent goaltending between Kakinen and and Talbot, it could be a scary team. That it's one of those like nobody wants to play them, you know, kind of Dude, scenarios. Just because just
1: weird, anyways. I mean, you know, exactly. you know, like if you if you're in the NBA, you know exactly what your team's going to do in the postseason. In the NHL, who knows? That's what makes it exciting.
0: All right, guys. Finally, last thing here. Um, the the Minnesota Golden Gover basketball team is going to be a completely different team uh, this this year, which is a wild. Everyone's game. gone. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much everyone left the team. Uh, the coach <laughs> and all of the players are gone. Um, they're bringing in guys from all over the country. Um, I don't really have much to say about most of those guys because I don't know who they are because I don't closely follow college basketball. Um, but I will tell you, in very cool news, um, a guy who I worked with. At my school, Irondale High School, which is not known as producing big Division One players, Sean Sutherland, uh, coached him in football. I uh, obviously watched him play basketball where he was a very good player. He was a Division two Juco player, okay? For a year, then he left, he went to New Hampshire and was a uh, star player at New Hampshire, which is a Division one program, like a small Division one program. And now he is transferring to the Gophers in the transfer portal. So pretty excited about that Sean Sutherland local kid from New Brighton, uh, Irondale High School joining the gophers he just signed today so exciting stuff the team probably won't be very good but it's um going to be exciting having a new coaching staff new philosophy and a new look golden gophers
1: good we need something new man the old was not working yeah yeah it's going to be a rough couple of years it's going
0: to be a rough start for sure um You know, supposedly this new regime is a big recruiting group. um, And I think the transfer portal makes it so it's hard to be really bad um, if you're a big enough program. Um, This transfer portal murders like small D1 and D2 schools where their kids can just be pillaged at any time. So if you smartly recruit and find a really good kid as a school like New Hampshire, who did all the footwork in finding this kid, and then turns him into a twenty point a game scorer. And then his hometown team just is like, Hey, you want to come play for us? We need guys. And he's like, Yeah, sure. You know,
1: like, yeah.
0: I think as a power five team, the transfer portal makes it so you're 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 always a couple transfers away from being pretty competitive. So it will be interesting. Um, but congrats to my guy Sean. Good, really good kid, really That's excited cool. coming in.
1: Thanks for doing the shout out. That's a good story. Is he uh, is he like a beefy guy? Like he can
2: he can muscle it in the in the Big Ten or is he like a tall skinny white dude?
0: No, he's like a athletic. He's not white. He's a wing player, like probably six five, extreme athletic slasher. Oh, good,
2: perfect.
0: Already. He'll be like a scoring guard. Um, not sure what they see for him as as a role, but he, I think, will be a fun player at least to to be on the team.
1: Get him on the pod, man. <laughs> He's good. We don't, I'm pay, sure. you don't yeah. pay guests, so the NCAA yeah. shouldn't have a problem with it.
0: Yeah, I think they can start start getting paid for stuff, anyway, Right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> not that we're going to pay him, but uh, um, yeah, well, oh, yeah, I was gonna say only I if repeat, we're making money. Uh, <laughs> we have no budget. So. so
0: a lot of people are saying that Paige Becker's the, the star UConn player player of the year freshman from uh, Hopkins is going to be the highest paid athlete in the NCAA year one. The big is some people's guess.
2: Yeah, because she has the most like Instagram followers of any division one college basketball player, not no, female or male.
0: He might be the number one college athlete in making money. Oh today. really? Oh wow! She's just going to go off here, and everybody wants you know a piece of that. And it's just like I think it's great to see. Um, you know, I'm not just saying because she's local, but I do think it's really cool to see um, companies now going out and paying the big bucks to really cool, prominent, amazing female athletes. And so,
2: well, what was the uh, what was the tweet? I forget who it was from, or was it was an Instagram post or something that. Of the top 10 most followed Instagram accounts of college athletes or college basketball players in the women's or NCAA men's tournament, seven of the top 10 were women. That's
0: awesome. That's great. I think That's women's great. college basketball is actually pretty cool. Uh, as much as I, I kind of ripped the WNBA, um, I actually think that women's college basketball has gotten better and better and better and better and better. And, better, and it's actually a really cool game. So
1: um, I imagine that this you would hate it. I mean, it's it's. You hate the WNBA. You hate the NCAA men's. I feel like I'm surprised by that take. I'm I'm happy to hear it.
0: I actually think girls college basketball is better um, than the WNBA. And it's not, it's by no fault of of women that they um, have other interests or that they get pregnant or something and, you know, might have to miss seasons. Um, But I think you have consistently really good big time up and coming stars who are forced to stay pretty much in college for four years. And so you get just superstars and amazing teams there. So actually, or
1: you get Paige Bucher, who's a freshman.
0: Well, you're going to get four years of her just dying. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, that's it. That's the time that we have this week on the Northeast Podcast. Go back, check out our first episode. It was really good. Lots of things to talk about. We're back into our Jason Bourne rewatch. We have a new segment that you need to listen to to find out that you can actually participate with us this week. And uh, yeah, that's it. It was a great episode. This one was a lot of fun as well. We can't wait uh, to get back with you guys next week. But until then, thank you guys for listening to the Northeast Podcast.